Welcome back, my friends, to the D-Rate the Hate podcast. I am your host, Wilk, from Wilksworld.com, and this is going to be episode 79 of the podcast. This week, we are joined by Chris Sherwin, a fellow podcaster and co-host of the Three Cops Talk podcast. Before we get into that, we did not create the hate, but with your help, we can derate the hate. It's all about us as individuals, so what have you done today to make your life a better life? What have you done today to make the world a better place? Derate the Hate podcast is all about bettering the world one attitude at a time. There are definitely a couple ways you can help the Derate the Hate podcast better the world one attitude at a time. That's by sharing the show. Post us out there on social media. Maybe jump on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Email me if you've got some show ideas. All of that is a great way to help. There's a lot of important messages that need to be put out there. And your ideas are always welcome. So... Email me, wilk at wilksworld.com, if you've got something that you'd like me to talk about. Now let's talk about this week's guest, who is undoubtedly one that is trying his best to better the world and rebuild community trust with their Three Cops Talk podcast. Chris Sherwin and his co-host, Scott and Sean, are just three active-duty police officers in the Chicago suburbs. They face tough subjects, including police brutality, racial tension, rioting, and so much more. Weekly, they give you tips and tricks on how to keep you and your family safe, what to do during traffic stops, how to handle domestic violence, and so much more. The show is about opening a dialogue, accepting that something has to be done, and bringing communities together again. I'm so honored this week to have Chris Sherwin from the Three Cops Talk podcast on the Derate the Hate podcast. So let's get to it. Chris Sherwin, thanks for joining the D-Rate the Hate podcast. I appreciate your time, man. Oh, my God. Thank you for, thank you for helping me get my mission and my Scott and Sean and mine, our mission out to the, to, to the public. Thank you. Right. Chris, you are uh, one of the members and one of the hosts of the Three Cops Talk podcast. I think I, I saw it on one of our other platforms and, and uh, saw the tagline, Rebuilding Community Trust, and really thought that was something I wanted to find out more about. So I reached out and I'm, I'm very grateful that you, uh, you decided to join me today here on the D-Rate Day podcast. I'm glad, I'm glad you reached out. We need more people to reach out so we can get this thing, you know, put this thing back on the rails. Thank you. You know, we've definitely gone off the rails, Chris, and, and I, I think more people need to put out positive messages. And let's talk uh, a little bit about, first of all, let's, let's talk about what is the Three Cops Talk podcast? How did you and Sean and Scott you know, come up with this and, and what was the, what was the origin of it? So basically, um, obviously, you know, we're three active coppers here just outside of Chicago. And, um, anyhow, this whole George Floyd thing, Ferguson, all this stuff came about and, uh, there was a lot of false information being presented and that false information is, is help creating this divide. And, it got to the point where these protests started and people were burning stuff. And I'm like, you know what? This is look at cops are wrong. Cops are right. People are wrong. People are right. But we have to get out the correct information because what the incorrect information that's getting out there is causing such a divide where people are getting killed. So I figured, okay, I wanted to start a podcast anyway. So what would this be about? And just being in the field and stuff, this is kind of where it came. And I called my two good friends and I'm like, Hey, you know, what do you guys think of this idea? And, you know, we just started, you know, talking back and forth and there's a great idea. And then we started it and we, and the bottom line of our podcast is 
the, the truth because I just don't think that there, there's enough of that. I think um, whether it was George Floyd committing a current crime or the cop that killed him, the bottom line is they were wrong. They get they should get punished and they should and they mm-hmm. did. Um, one unfortunately was a fatality, but did he deserve to die? No. But no. I think the whole truth needs to get out there of why why the cops were there and how it ended bad and the cop got punished for it just like a bad guy would. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of that stuff has to get out there in regards to like now, like running from the cop seems to be the thing or fighting the cop seems to be the thing. And, uh, you know, and it, it just, it, you know, and people are going and just, you know, like you see in Chicago. I mean, people are getting killed left and right and nobody, they're, 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 the accountability is just going away. Right. We just, right. Had, yeah. So, I mean, so it was just, it, it was, just, it's a medium where we can get out and just say, Hey, listen, let's stop the nonsense. The truth is the truth. You got to take your consequences either way, whatever side the fence you're on. But by you coming up to the police and thinking that we were going to just beat the crap out of you, that, that's, that, that's totally wrong. It's, it's right. information or, or thinking that we're going into the, into the neighborhoods um, just looking for the first black person we see. I mean, it's just, the information that out there is just so wrong and it's just dividing us worse and worse. And the bottom line with that is the fact that the, the, the larger division, the more people are going to be unsafe on both sides. Right. Well, no doubt the, the false narrative that's being pushed out there, whether it be by the politicians or the mainstream media or, or just folks on, on social media. I mean, I talk about it on the podcast all the time that social media has become just a, you know, a dumpster fire of hate, lies, and misinformation. And right. I think the more people like like you and and the you know your your co-hosts on the on the Three Cops Talk podcast are, are doing a very a very important thing because getting the truth out there. You know, I talked about it in another podcast. I, I hear people using the the phrase "my truth" or "your truth" or "his truth." No, no, there is no right. there is no his truth or my truth or your truth. There's only the truth. And right. by by that false narrative being the loudest narrative out there, I, I think a lot of people are getting getting the short end of the stick because they're they're right. really by buying into that false narrative that the cops are just out there to wage war on minorities or mm-hmm. you know that the cops are are doing bad things. I mean, you guys can only do your job as good as the community around you will let you do your job. Agreed. And, and it's just, it's so important that people realize that we're on the same team, (laughs) you know, unless you're a bad guy, we're all on the same team. Correct. Right. Right. So, you know, going to the point of, uh, what was it? Derek Chauvin uh, up here in Minneapolis. I, I, you know, I, I reside, you know, a little ways out uh, outside of Minneapolis and all the stuff that went on with the George Floyd thing. And obviously, Derek Chauvin, how whatever led up to that, I mean, which which we all know that that uh, you know George Floyd had 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 his issues, but you, you look at what he did and and whatever. But that's not the that's not the norm. No. You know, they they try to make it on uh, on the media, and, and there's politicians out there that try to try to pretend like, yeah, this is the norm. He's not the exception. This is the norm, right. and uh, that's that's not the case, right? That is that is absolutely not the case. And that's and that's what I'm saying when when we talk about that. Like, And, and I was there for a number of riots. Um, I'm in the canine unit. So I was there for a number of the, 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 the riots that, that occurred. And it is not one copper that I've ever talked to said, hey, Sean was right. 
not one. And I was with probably 800 to 1,000 different coppers during that whole mess. Not one agreed with what he did. And, and that's the false narrative because that is not the norm. I mean, the norm is 99.99% of the time we go there and we know that we're probably going there on people's worst day. Right. We know that. Okay. And we are there to help and we do what we can to help in the same token. If it goes sideways or there's a crime or we, you know, somebody has to be taken into custody, that's, that's just the truth of it. And I think that's where people kind of like, uh, I think that where people kind of get this whole thing of the false narrative. I mean, but as far as that goes, and you got to take the case for what it is. We were, the, the police were there for an alleged criminal act. That whole thing. So we were there for a purpose now. And then Chauvin did what he did, which was totally wrong. Nobody agrees with it. And he goes to jail for it, which we all agree with. That's right. Right. That, that, that's the whole thing. I mean, it's just, you know, the cops shouldn't have been there or whatever. I mean, that's the whole, that's the whole thing that it's the, you know, the pee in the shell game, you know, it's just, nobody agrees with how it ended. Not one person, but don't create the false narrative that, that we didn't belong there and we just sought him out. That's the whole thing. Right. And then to make him into a martyr, I think that's what bothers me a lot about this too, is, is people have lost sight of the fact that a, a crime was being committed and, you know, you look at a lot of these situations, whether, whether it be the deal in Ferguson or the, the guy uh, over there in, in um, uh, Wisconsin last year that, that you know, he, he's, he's there. He, he just, I think, beat the hell out of his, his wife or his girlfriend. Right. He's resisting arrest. He, he's reaching into his vehicle. You know, things like this, you cannot make a martyr out of these, these folks that are doing wrong when right. you know to, to make a martyr out of them does nothing to better the situation for the next guy yeah you know yeah. It, it right no and and that's what you know that that's that's what i think bothers me the most is you know i saw something i think it was yesterday or sometime this week and and they're you know people are blowing up this thing on on facebook you know this would have been george floyd's 48th birthday and this and that and blah 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 and i'm like i'm like okay so Again, you're 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 dragging this thing out in an effort to do what? Because if you're if you're trying to show your kids or teach your kids that they should be be like George Floyd, I think I think you're going down the wrong path. Right. This, this guy was not a martyr. He's not he's not the type of person. I mean, if you look at his criminal record, again, not that he deserved to die by any stretch of right. the imagination. The punishment for the crime that he was committing was certainly not death, and nobody right. believes that. But to continue on with the this, this martyr type mentality, the same way down in Ferguson, you know, with the the lie that they put out, the the hands up, don't shoot thing, right. you know, this thing, this martyrdom for these people that have have done wrong during an event that that reality in in most of these situations would be okay if you do what you're supposed to do, and, and this is why this is why I wanted to talk to you today about your podcast because one of the things you guys talk about is what should you do during a traffic stop you know a lot of these things would end very peacefully if it was not a situation where these people think they have to fight and flee right, right? so so to continue to make martyrs out of criminals who by all means played a big part in themselves getting killed 
you know, even what was it, Freddie Gray in New York City with the the, the selling cigarettes, right? You know, if if he had not resisted arrest, things would have not, you know, it probably would have resulted in a small fine. He would have been out a couple hours later, and and you know, everything right. would have would have gone. And that on. was like a second or third time being caught doing that. So, but still, it was a, it was a small fine. Yeah, it's a it's a petty crime. So so let's talk about that. How how you guys, you and you and Sean and Scott talk about rebuilding that community trust. And instead of pushing that false narrative, like these guys are martyrs, I think it's important to get the message out there that maybe compliance in certain situations is going to make sure that you get home at the end of the day versus a fight that could go right. sideways quickly. Right. Well, we all, one of the, we, we did a show about traffic stops and, and, and during some other like policy procedures and stuff. And one of the things that we always say is uh, complying, complying later. I mean, right. that's, that's really the whole thing. And, and even, even on a traffic stop, it, like, look at, you're coming at me like 75 and a 30. I can't tell if you're green, black, red, blue, I could tell you the color of the car and maybe the first letter of your plate. So I know who you are, but I don't know the color of your skin. So first thing I think people need to do is realize that why are we here? Somebody, we are either taking enforcement action or somebody called us, okay? Because mm-hmm. very rarely, on it, 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 as the police, are you are you there ahead of like very rarely are you rolling down the street and you see some guy breaking into a store? I mean, <laughs> I mean, you, you just you know. So we're there for a reason. I think that's the first thing people have to realize. And the second thing is, comply and complain later. And it's just and and you just have to realize that we are there for a reason. And we're listen. We're trying to get in and out, have everybody safe, take care of our business and be done. And I also think that a lot of people don't. The other thing that that goes on is the fact that the media publicizes the, the fighting and the running and everything like that. Like it's a glorifying thing when in reality, when we go to, to calls or you talk to people, they don't. They want us there. They don't want to defund us. They want us there. They think that they, and just what, just what you said earlier, that if a lot of these people were to comply, they wouldn't, they would probably most likely not be dead. A majority of people that we deal with on a daily basis believe that. But unfortunately, the media has taken this other, the, the, the other path and blown us up like it's like, like it's a good thing. And it ends up with people getting hurt. Right, right. No, I know. And, and, and like I said, it's those loudest voices, the, the most noise uh, seems to get the biggest play or, or the most play. Right. You know, we let these pompous politicians that they're really hell bent on dividing us, keeping us divided, putting us into, into these boxes, keeping us divided, because that's what keeps them in power. And, and driving that narrative that, that cops are just out there hunting minorities does nothing to help the minority community. I mean, right. it, it does, it does far more and you can testify to this as somebody who spent their life in law enforcement, driving that narrative that the cops are out there hunting people does more to hurt the minority community than it, than it ever would. And, and like you said, there's the people that benefit the most from, from a strong police presence is the people in the dangerous neighborhoods where the police presence is. I mean, it's the mm-hmm. only thing keeping those folks safe. Right. And I, I talked to uh, Dion Joseph. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Dion Joseph. 
somebody that uh, uh, has done a, a lot of community outreach over the course of his life. He's calling the angel of Skid Row. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a, uh, a LAPD police officer, has worked the Skid Row district for 25, 30 years, you know. Mm-hmm. And we talked about the broken window theory and the, the fact that as we're told by those who, you know, and, and, you know, kind of paraphrasing what he was saying, you know, when politicians start to say, well, no, we're not going to, we're not going to enforce this law and we're not going to enforce that law and whatever things just will, will continuously get worse and get out of control. Mm-hmm. And, and the people that suffer the most is those people in the min- minority communities, because as we just ignore the small crimes, it gets worse. It gets worse. It elevates more and elevates more. Talk about that and talk about what's happening in the city of Chicago. Um, you know, with Lightfoot just getting in the way of, people doing their jobs. I mean, I, I know you're in the suburbs of Chicago, but uh, you definitely have a, have a closer tie to that than, uh, than most people that's listen to this podcast. Well, it spills over for sure. I mean, sure. And, and you see it now. I mean, there was a, a case in Schaumburg last week where two guys were fighting and long story short, the one guy threw another guy to the ground and pretty much the fight was over. And there was a, there was a break in the action. He took a knife out and stabbed him and killed the guy. They charge him with unlawful use of a weapon and not murder. Yeah. Look, and really? look, at, the, look at the case in, in Texas. The, the, the kid that, that went and shot four people because he was bullied. Yep. And he gets out on bond. Uh, it, it, but this is this is the stuff that's going to create the divide in there. And again, if you talk about it from its foundation, does anybody want to get in the room and find out what the problem is? And I don't care what the problem is. If you want to sit there and say it's black kids without dads or, you know, um, it's, it, it's a racial issue or whatever. Okay. What are the biggest problems and how do we, how do we fix it? Not just keep throwing fuel on the fire because, you know, let's get, in, let, let's get the people together and try and figure out what the problem is and fix the problem. But by doing this, but by doing this, dividing it and not allowing us to do our jobs and not prosecuting the people on both sides of the spectrum. Okay. Uh-huh, you're uh-huh. creating more violence. Right. And you know what? I, I was just thinking about this as you were saying that instead of confronting what the real problem is, like I said, maybe, maybe it is, you know, minority homes without fathers and it, it's not just minority homes without fathers. Let's right. But I'm just right. Yeah. It doesn't matter who, if it's a home without a father, that kid, whether they're black, white, or, or any variation thereof right. is getting much or a much higher likelihood of ending up in the, in the legal system in some, mm-hmm. some way. But, but since the, since the cause of these things is an uncomfortable thing, they think that they can just ignore all the symptoms that come afterwards and, right. and pretend like it's just not happening. Right. And, right. and so to, to believe that we can just ignore problems and then the problems don't exist is truly truly insane and, and people are getting hurt because of it 100 and then how about then and then how about solving the problem i always had this i always had this idea like okay we build roads everywhere in the united states we build roads we build buildings we build up you know why aren't the politicians going hey okay we're going to take a group of 400 100 whatever they're going to be they're going to they're going to live in jail because of their crime monday through friday they're going to go build roads okay they're going to get paid the wage. All right. They're going to work. They're going to learn a skill. And on Friday, 
they have to pay their bills, whatever it is. If you want to charge them a dollar for having to stay at the county jail, uh, you know, a dollar to send to their, if they have uh, child support, a dollar if they have any bills, you know, a dollar for groceries, whatever it is, you know, $50 mm-hmm. to save, whatever it is. Why are we not doing that? And then when they get out, now they have a skill, a sense of accomplishment. They have another mindset saying, I can go do something different. Then right. if they, if they, if, if they, if they screw up again, then, Hey, it's on them. But why are we not doing, where's the solution? Where, yeah. I mean, cause to me, we got to, I mean, and whatever it is, I know you're going to talk about, everybody's going to go all oh, the labor law or whatever, I, whatever. I don't care. Get those people in the room and come up with something fair. And well, right. Exactly. I mean, if the, if the laws, if the people writing the laws say we can't do that because it's against the law, well, why don't you do something about that? Right. Exactly. No, I, I love the idea of getting something together where they, they learn a trade. Maybe it's a, maybe they become an electrician. I mean, everybody something. knows that all the trades right now are struggling for people. Right. Right. So if we teach them a trade, HVAC, electrical, you know, working on a road crew, whatever, you know, I think instantly people think, you know, when they hear something like that is they think of, you know, the chain gang working with the you know, ball and chain on it. No, right. you're talking about actually learning a skill, you know, learning a running a road grader, running heavy equipment, you know, building. Uh, but you want to know building. why you want to know why? Because the people that are going to come out and say that's going to be slave labor, that's horrible. Th- those are the people that are going to get the news and the attention and all the stuff on social media instead of saying no. That's totally not true. Let's say you got a guy who, who's doing three years. Right. Okay. Okay. In three years, he gets a job making $46 an hour. He's no done. Kidding. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? And he's done. And then you partner with the, with these people, you give them some type of tax abatement by taking the, 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 the these, the people who out of, that come out of jail on for so long or whatever. I mean, and then, then maybe their entrepreneurial mind starts rolling and they could figure they could do something different or whatever, but now they're on a path. So, you know, but the people that are, that are going to spread the false narrative, negative stuff is the one that's going to get the one that's going to get the national media attention, which is horrible. Yep. Yep. They're then the, the negative voices are going to always get the most attention and, and uh, the naysayers, but, but no, I love that. I love that Chris, you know, working towards solutions, coming up with solutions and, and whatever. And I bet just sitting here in my mind's eye, I can think about the recidivism rate on, on something like that would be far, far less than, I mean, what yep. is, the rate of reoffenders uh, now that are they're coming out of the the judicial system, but it's ridiculous. But it's ridiculous. ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, they act like these. They act like uh, you know people end up in in jail by accident. But reality of it is, <laughs> you and I both know that the people that end up in jail, you know, there's always going to be cases where people were probably wrongly accused and wrongly convicted. Sure. But the reality is, is the vast majority. I mean, ninety nine point whatever percent of people that are in our our prison system in our in our judicial system are people that were probably ended up there as a youngster and then they ended up there a few more times and then all of a sudden they're an adult and now they're in the prison system and and they're going to probably be in and out of there for the rest of their lives isn't that right right 100 and and because they don't know of anything because what what you create in that environment is we're all human so we all if something were to happen or something goes on in our lives we always reduce to you know we always go to our uh, our survival instincts mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's no other avenue that you're giving them besides creating more crime there's no other positive message saying hey this is what you can do like for me i can't if you put a tool in my hand okay somebody's going to the hospital because i just <laughs> I mean, you know what i'm saying yeah 
I'm a cop and I'm a business guy. That's what I do. So when you give somebody a positive reinforcement and you show them different skills and there's something because everybody can do something, whatever okay. it is. And I don't care if it's painting, whatever it is. If you take the opportunity to show somebody that they do something different besides sticking people up and you make a good living and you don't end up in jail, I think that message starts to, you know, and sure, can you go out and make five grand a year selling dope? Yeah. But what's the offset? What's the right. offset to that where maybe I can make 1500 bucks a week or $2,000 a week, half that, but guess what? I don't go to jail. I get to come home with my wife and my children and I could hang out with my friends and my family. And I don't have to worry about the cops going to knock my door down. It, exactly. Exactly. You know, you know I, I think one of the key things you said there, Chris was positive reinforcement. Right. You know, when people start to feel, cause a lot of these people uh, that end up in the prison system probably never had much positive reinforcement over the course of their lives. True. So uh, you're talking about the survival instinct and just getting out there trying to make enough money to, to do whatever, but you know, they don't have somebody encouraging them. They don't have somebody that, you know, saying, man, you made a really, you know, you did a great job at that, that drug deal over on the corner there. I, I gotta, right. you know, I gotta give you a hell of an attaboy on that one. Right. You know, right. that that's not, that's not the reality, but, but as human beings, I think, you know, positive reinforcement goes a long ways and people who feel appreciated and people who feel like they're making a difference it's just human nature. If, if they feel like they're making a difference, if they feel like they've got a purpose, you know, they're going to do more of it and do a better job at it. And, and I think, I, it, yeah. And it's self-purpose, you know, it's self-purpose because look at, I mean, the police right now, we're probably one of the most hated groups and groups out there, but guess what? 865,000 certified officers go out there on a yearly and daily basis to go do their job. And I don't, I, I do it because I know deep down inside I'm helping somebody. They may not realize that today, but they will tomorrow but I feel good about myself. And I think if you, if you do that, uh, we had a guest on that, uh, turned his life around when he's a youngster and, uh, uh, all of his friends were making fun of him cause he stopped hanging out and all this other stuff, but he stayed the course. All right. He stayed the course cause he had that positive reinforcement and he stayed that course. And I think that's what we need more of. People realize that, you know, whatever happens, if people choose to do stuff, that's fine. But this is my course. I have to stay this course no matter what they say. And if they were my friends, they'd support me. And they're not, then then they're not. And it was probably the right thing. I mean, if they're not supporting him in his uh, better endeavors, trying to better better his life and the, and the life of his family, if they're not supporting him in that, probably not the people he wants to be hanging around anyway. 100% agreed. Yep, for oh, sure. So. So talk, uh, talk to me, Chris, about there's, there's no doubt that we are seeing an unprecedented, you know, war on police and law enforcement, uh, unlike, you know, anything we've, we've probably seen in you in my lifetime. Talk about, uh, you know, the morale uh, of your fellow officers. Talk about, uh, you know, how people are, are doing. Are, are they staying motivated? I mean, I, I think most people are doing it because they, uh, they feel that they do have that purpose, but but getting, you know, those loudest voices out there speaking out against you guys doing what you're doing day in and day out, guys and gals, I don't want to, you know, right, right, right. You know, but, but talk about the morale uh, of the police and, and, you know, you know, how things are, are looking uh, overall from your perspective and, and, uh, you know, kind of go down that path a little bit. I mean, the morale is, I mean, obviously it, it, it's getting hit hard because it's just a matter of, you, you know, you go out, you do your job and, um, Sometimes you're like, well, you know, what am I doing? But I think the majority of people 
you know, the police out there doing their job. I think they realize they're doing it for what's occurring right now. Can they, can, can we help with the prosecution end of it? Absolutely not. But it, can we make somebody's day better today? Sure we can. And that's what we kind of focus on because, you know, we, we go to the communities and we talk to people and that you'll see more of that. Um, but it's, it's coming down to the fact that we're helping this person now, as much as this other person probably needs to go to jail. I can't, I can't prosecute that. I can't help that. But you try and make the contact with your community of, of the case that's going on and explain that to them. Um, and I think you'll see now a lot of people are starting to relate, like this is getting a little bit out of control. And I think, it, it the pendulum is not i'm not going to say it's swinging the other way but i think it's kind of stopped swinging you, you know to, to to one way and i think people are realizing like hey like when you have people like what are you talking about defund the police are you are you crazy are you crazy right. you know i mean th- that's that's and you hear everybody and then when you explain stuff to them like the whole thin blue line thing you know they're like oh that's just a code of silence um, and we're like no do you realize the thin blue line is the, 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 the line between peace and chaos? Peace and chaos. That's what oh, that absolutely. means. And that's what we're here. And they're like, and, and, and when you start explaining stuff to people and they see it and they see this pendulum swinging the other way and, and how many more people in their community are getting hurt and not being prosecuted, I, I, I sense a, a, a swing coming in the next few years. But I think for us, it's, it's come down to we need to help this person because it's truly in our blood. This is a calling and we're helping this person right now to give them a better day. That's awesome. Yeah. I, uh, I was listening to one of your guys' former episodes and, and uh, I think he put it very, very well. I can't remember the name of the gentleman. Uh, he was a lieutenant, uh, but he said, you know, uh, we've, we've seen stuff like this before and, and we can't do anything about him being prosecuted. Kind of like you were saying, but at least I can get this guy off the, you know, he's going to be in the cooler for eight hours or whatever. And that's eight hours that he can't, you know, can't reoffend, can't rob somebody, rape somebody. He can't get shot himself. He's not going to be a victim or a victimizer for that eight hours. So, right. so yeah, we can't do, can't do anything about the, uh, uh, the suits that are out there to prosecute and, or doing lack of prosecution, but at least you can get that person off the, off the streets for a short period of time. So, right. uh, no, I, I, I think, uh, I think it's so important. You know, I, I think our law enforcement people are so important and, and just, you know, like I said, in that conversation that I had with Dion Joseph, he said, you know, just like anybody, it doesn't matter. There's going to be, you know, there's going to be bad electricians. There's going to be bad truck drivers. There's going to be bad businessmen. Every profession is going to have its, its percentage of, people who were bad and do bad things. But the reality is that the vast majority, I mean, like the vast majority of people in law enforcement are out there just to do what you're saying, you know, just to protect the people, just to make people that are having a bad day, get through that bad day with a, with a little bit more safety and security. So uh, it's so important. And, and, you know, like you said too, most people in law enforcement are doing it because they have a calling for it. Right. And most, and, and most, and to be honest with you, most civilians, they want us, they don't, and the hate and the racism, does it exist? Yes. But it's really not, it's not as big as the media makes it. Not nearly as prominent, not nearly no. as prominent. Like I said, no. those loud voices are just out there to keep us divided, Chris. They, I, I mean, agree. that's, that's, that's what they're there to do. That that's how they make their money. That's how the news sells soap. That's how the politicians get reelected. Yep. It's uh, it's a terrible thing, but 
but you guys are doing awesome. You know, that three cops talk podcast. I, I've, I've listened to a number of them now and, and, uh, I love the, the banter that you guys have back and forth with each other. It's, it's pretty cool. You guys get some great guests and I think it's very important. Rebuilding community trust couldn't be more important at this time of divisiveness. You know, that's why I started the D-Rate Day podcast was to, you know, better the world one at a time, help people yep. get through, uh, you know, get through some things that, that they may not, you know, I don't have a huge following, but, you know, I, I know I'm making a difference for certain people. You know, they may hear something on this podcast with you, Chris, that, that changes their mind about the police or they, right. you know, they'll, they'll listen to, you know, an, an interview that I have with a, you know, I, I talk to, I talk to people all walks of life and, right. and I, I think it's so important that, you know, but whether that's, you that's, guys rebuild. That's the, that's the object. Could you imagine? We just, we were just talking about this the other day. I don't want to be married to me. You know what I'm saying? I don't, we don't all, we're not all the same and right, nor right. do we want, do we want, do we want to be, I mean, to take an interest in other people and, and their cultures and, uh, and, and stuff. I think that's one of the things that make, makes the world go wrong because how many times do I go into a, into a household because of something going on and I don't know something that's, that, that's, you know, that that's culturally acceptable or not. It may not be legal here, but you know, um, the, the whole culturally acceptable thing or like just the conversation that you could have, you could de-escalate stuff so much by going, Hey, wow, that, that, that smells good. What kind of food is that? And, and it's yeah. like a whole left turn and, and you're learning stuff because now the next time I go into a home of the same culture, I could go, Oh my God, is that such and such being cooked? And right. it just, and, and finding and, the humanity and just exactly. taking it down to a human level, yes. you know, pe- people, you know, like, like we talked about, we've said it a number of times in this, in this episode, but those loud voices want to dehumanize uh, right. the police and act like, act like there's something other than what the rest of us are. And Correct. that's not the truth. You're just a human, just like every one of us. Correct. And it, you know, it's the same way with people of different cultures, races, ethnicities, uh, you know, immigrants from different countries. If you find that human element that you can relate to them uh, on and and make them believe I'm a cop, but I'm also a human, right? you know, and, and, and we can talk as human beings. I'm not some, you know, cyborg that's right. going to just come in here and, and wreck your life. That's not what I'm here to do. Right. And, uh, you know, rebuilding the community trust and getting ask. along with people, finding the humanity in everybody. It's so important. And ask, I mean, if, if you want to know why I'm coming at your heart, com- coming out of the car, at, you know, on, on a traffic stop. Well, okay, here's the deal. Because this is where most coppers get killed. Yep. And you're yep. coming at me, you're, you're coming at me at 73 in a 25. So, and guess what happened? As soon as you said, hey, I'm sorry, or, you know, officer, I, I, I wasn't even paying attention. It goes from 75 down to 25. We're still, we're still cautious. We're still careful. But when we come up to you, that is why we kind of hit, we kind of go on a traffic stop hard. We have to figure out who you are, where, and that's where most people get killed. Then when you tell people that, they're like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. And then you review it with them. Like, hey, I came out. Okay. This is what happened. And then as soon as you turn to me and said, hey, here's my driver's license proof of insurance. You know, sorry, I wasn't paying attention. I was on the phone, my kid, whatever. Okay, cool. Let's get you out of here. Mm-hmm. You see the two differences? So oh, yeah. At just ask and, and realize we're human, you're human, we are there to help you, and we are there to, to be there for you. If you have a question and you don't understand, just ask a question because we will answer the question and make it better for sure. Yeah. 
just another human being, man, two humans talking and, and, you know, it's amazing how people's attitudes, I talk a lot about personal accountability, how people's attitudes, how they can change things, how they can change things in an instant based on how they react. Exactly. And, and I, I think there's no greater example of that on, on how things happen uh, during a police stop or, or with an, in an encounter with police. I, I mean, the, the reality of it is, and, and nobody in the media will tell you this, and no politician certainly ever would, but just what you're talking about there, how you present yourself in that situation is going to have dramatic effects on the ending of that situation. Correct. That yeah. encounter with a police officer, you know, nobody, you know, uh, let's just face it. Nobody's getting killed in an encounter with police when they're doing everything that they can to be nice, be civil, be calm. You know, right. it, it's just not, it's just not happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not going to say it's never happened, but the reality is it just doesn't happen. So Correct. Chris, yeah. this has been an awesome conversation. I'm sure you and I could just talk for, you know, hours day. and hours, <laughs> but, but, uh, but I think we got a very, very common mission in, in what we're doing, both with the D-Rate the Hate podcast and the uh, Three Cops Talk podcast. Uh, I'm digging the work that you guys have got going on over there. I love the message you're sending out, bro. It really, it, it, it really helps. So it's been a great conversation. And I thank you again so much for your time. I'm very grateful for it. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thanks for reaching out. I appreciate it. Friends, another incredibly important message from a, a great, great guest. You know, we've talked on this podcast plenty of times about false narratives and and consequences and personal accountability. And I think this conversation with Chris Sherwin really brought home how many of these things come into play when it comes to interactions with law enforcement, interactions with police officers, whether it be uh, you know a domestic violence situation or traffic stops, whatever the case may be. It's so important that people realize that their interactions, the way that they deal with the police, directly affects the way the police will deal with them. I mean, a very simple but profound point that Chris made in this interview. Comply and complain later. I mean, it beats the hell out of the alternative, don't you think? And the Three Cops Talk podcast, a great way to see the human element in our law enforcement officers. Chris, Sean, and Scott, a bunch of great guys having great conversations with great guests. So uh, don't miss it. Check it out. Check out the Three Cops Talk podcast. You know, send them a message. Let them know you heard about it on the D-Rate Day podcast. You know, share this episode with, uh, you know, with your friends because I think the message is is ultimately very important. And this message could save lives. It, it could save lives. It's certainly a great way to better the world. Again, you know, jump on wherever you get your audio. Leave us some reviews. Leave us, uh, leave us some feedback and, and send me a message if you got some ideas for me. With that, I, uh, I'll just say get out there, be kind to one another, be grateful for everything that you've got. And remember, it's up to you. It's ultimately up to you as an individual to make each and every day the day that you want it to be. So again, I am Wilk. Follow us on uh, most social media platforms. Leave us some feedback and some ratings on your audio platforms. And uh, with that, I'm going to back on out of here. We will catch you next week. Take care.